Hello? 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 Rethink. Rethink. Reimagine. Reimagine. Okay. Okay, America. Okay, America, let's rethink and reimagine. You know, for what seems to be forever, our culture has been emotionally driven by exposing the pain of the experience from the media to politics, to our educational systems, to our advertising. What seems to inspire us is the crisis, the pain, the grueling climb out of whatever we're going through as a way to define the positivity in the experience that we have. It's always very confusing to me. For years as a life coach and a therapist, I was struck by the need for people to create a picture of truth rather than letting the truth be our picture. What do I mean by that? Well, last week I was at a social distancing event with uh, some other couples sitting around all probably 10 feet apart, not, not even six feet apart. And we were chatting and we're all, we all have children, twenties and thirties and, and post-college. But one of our friends was saying, you know, it's just so sad. There's no high school graduation and there's no target run in the fall. And what she meant by that, we all understood because in our world, a target run is when you're a parent and you take your kid to the dorm of college for the very first time, you go on a target run. Well, when I really look back on a target run in my life with my two kids, both of them awesome young people today and all of that, Justin and, and Elizabeth, Target runs were filled with stress. They were filled with all kinds of things. We had a great time. We had a horrible time. We had all kinds of time. But when we're going through a crisis, the picture of something we're about to lose somehow becomes painful rather than joyful. So what is the positivity within the struggle? You know, the other day I was reading an article on the Huffington Post if you haven't gone to the online version of the Huffington Post, HuffPost.com, you really should. You don't even have to be a liberal to do so. But, but it's, it's really a good thing. And they have great articles because they have articles not just about the news, but they have also articles about life and parenting and all kinds of other things. And I was reading a really a beautiful article about a young commercial photographer, Jared Grunewald, out of work from the COVID-19, like most people, who found a way to capture our new normal. He called it, I think, through the looking glass, and it's pictures of he walking through the streets of Philadelphia, filming people. He's gonna tell us exactly about the project. We wanted him on the show because the article spoke that he was capturing the pain and the fear and not just the experience. And so I reached out to him. He's an awesome young man. Welcome to OK America, Jared Grunewald. How are you today? Hey, thank you. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. I really appreciate uh, the kind words. And um, just to clarify, it's actually called Through the Lockdown Glass, a little play on, you know, us all being locked down here. And obviously the glass are physical windows, these barriers that have been put up that's um, just keeping us safe and secure. 
Yeah, well, that's more brilliant than what I thought of, in fact. Um, yeah, so so through the lockdown class, but tell us a little bit about yourself because there are many, many people out there. This is going to come um, and lift, and at some point we're going to be mobile and people are going to need photographers. And if you're in the Philadelphia area, it's Jared Grunewald. He's the best in Philly, my understanding. You're amazing. Uh, your pictures are just uh, terrific. So tell us a little bit about your journey to commercial photography before we get into our topic? Sure, sure. Uh, so my background is more documentary-based. I have a degree in photojournalism from Temple University, also in Philadelphia. I've always just been really interested in people and their stories, and I'm not the best writer, so I figured a good way for me to step into other people's worlds uh, was through photography, and it allowed me to you know, just experience other peoples, other cultures, just things I would not experience without that medium. So I, I spent years working for newspapers, magazines. I ended up shooting pro tennis for three years, traveling around the world. So it was just an incredible sort of outlet for me to just be introduced to the world, I guess, more or less. Six years ago, you, you pivoted to doing portraits and sort of more of the mainstream commercial photography. It's circumstantially based, was it because? Yeah, I mean, I was traveling a lot for work, um, and my wife wanted to, you know, more or less settle down, move back to Philadelphia, and have a bit more of a, not a normal life, but where I was at least around, <laughs> I guess, a little bit more. Right. And I actually took a job working as a photo editor, which taught me a little bit more about the commercial photography world. So I sort of started developing an interest in commercial portraiture and just you know, it's, it's a completely different animal than documentary work. I mean, you are in control of everything. So for me, going from being a fly on the wall to like controlling the entire aspect of a photo shoot was, you know, it just seemed like a nice evolution and a fun challenge. So I jumped into that world, got myself a studio and just started shooting and learning all about just commercial photography, commercial portraiture, and just, you know, what that meant, what it was. And it's been, it's been a fun adventure. So what inspired looking through the lockdown class. Uh, and how did the Huffington Post find you? So as a commercial photographer, my business is really, you know, people-centric. Like, I need clients to work. Like, if I don't have somebody in my studio or if I can't go to a location to shoot with people, I don't have a job. And when the virus first hit, um, yeah, everything just shut down for me. Every client sort of, you know, put everything on hold. All my jobs were either canceled or just postponed with no, no date for us to, to look forward to shooting. And I'm a very creative person. I need to be out shooting. I need to be out communicating with people. And having lost that, I myself was a bit lost. And I was, not, not to be too graphic, but I was actually sitting in my bathtub on Facebook. And <laughs> another, photographer friend of, <laughs> another photographer friend of mine um, just posted a picture of some mannequins he had in his studio. And he was like, well, I guess this is how I'll be proceeding as a photographer from now on. I'll just be photographing mannequins. And another friend was like, oh, I guess you can call it window modeling, shooting. I don't know exactly what he meant, but that just sparked something within me. I was like, you know what? I can still find a way to go out and shoot portraits and communicate with my friends through the window. And it was just so basic and simple for me in that moment. I didn't even you know, have any ambition with it. I didn't know who I was going to go see. I didn't know if it would even be worthwhile. But for me, it seemed like an opportunity to just still be creative and still maintain some sort of social connection. So that's awesome. And, and so you went out, you, you let people know, you started filming, you put together this project, and they wrote about you in the Huffington Post. It's a big leap from being in your bathtub. Right. 
I know. I'm used to uh, just reading the Huffington Post in my bathtub. Yeah. You know, so yeah, it was a bit of a leap. So when I published my first 20 photos on my blog, I reached out to a few different people. I'm just like, is there any interest? Is, I, you know, does anybody think would want to look at this or whatever? And uh, I heard back from Huffington Post Personal, which I didn't even know existed at the time. I'm used to reading just about politics. And they uh, contacted me, an article wanted to interview me about my experience and not just about the photos, but about, you know, who I was and why I was doing this. And that was a great opportunity and I was thrilled to do it. Well, they captured uh, you as well as captured your project. And today we're talking about positivity and the struggle. Mm-hmm. And in the positivity and the struggle, there you were sitting there and within all moments of experience, struggle or not, one, we have to define what the struggle is. And two, we have to look at what the opportunity is within the struggle. What I want to do now is bring in our co-hosts uh, to the conversation and and, and um, introduce you to them. So we have Juliette Lamar, TV personality, actress, artist, trying to solve the world's problems one micro step at a time. And of course, Dr. B. Thomas, Air Force vet, former federal police officer, college professor, and now CEO of a cannabis company. Welcome to the show, Dr. B and Juliet. How are you guys? Hey. <laughs> oh, We're doing awesome, Phil. We're doing great. I miss you guys. Miss you too. Nice seeing you guys. Um, I want to introduce you to a friend of mine who uh, we've been chatting a little bit. He's now a, a, you know, an up-and-coming rock star in the um, journalism world. His name's Jared Grunwald. And if you haven't read his article in the Huffington Post, you need to, but more importantly, take a look at his pictures. You know, every time I think of that name, Jared, I think of that commercial. He went to Jared's. All right. Oh, I think it's Subway. Yeah, exactly. Okay. That's fantastic. (laughs) Uh, The other day I posted on my Facebook how not to borrow from someone I don't very much respect for obvious reasons, but I got to make Jared great again. The name has been claimed by the subway guy who we all know to be, you know, he's had his issues, you know, uh, the jeweler and there was a serial killer and the advisor to Trump. So yeah, Jared has been dragged through the mud a bit. I want to reclaim it, bring it back, make Jared great again. That's my goal. <laughs> I love that. Juliet, you read the article about Jared, and and we're talking about positivity and the struggle, and and I think it's an interesting um, sort of discussion to talk about the difference between the truth of an experience and the picture we create, and are they the same thing? And here we have a commercial photographer with us. You know, when you think of that, the issue of the experience versus the picture. What resonates for you guys? I think it is such a basic human need to be seen. And when we're in quarantine specifically, we're not seeing our friends. That is taken away from us. We feel unseen. We feel like what we're doing inside our homes is unseen. And a lot of times we like that because we don't want to be seen in our homes. But now if that's all you have, you're missing that um, like justification of like what you're doing is being seen and understood. What was the reaction of your subjects? We have these beautiful pictures and they're so fun and they're filled with all these emotions. I guess what was that reaction of them to be to be seen by you and by your camera and then eventually by your post? Exactly what you said. I mean, this desire to be seen. Like I, I have a pretty incredible group of friends. 
I would just call everybody, you know, a bit of an exhibitionist, like just a lot of performers who love to be out there and just performing, being seen. Like we have circus performers, we have burlesque performers. We have this, I guess it's almost like this vaudeville group called the Mummers. Like we are just people who are out there performing for our public. And that was just, boom, taken away in a heartbeat. So it's just such a shock to everybody's system to all of a sudden be thrust into darkness where we just have no audience anymore. So I think just getting out there and just being like, come say hello was just such like a, a ray of sunshine for for a lot of people, just to have that sort of just openness again and that connectedness was just for me and everybody I was just coming across, just the most important thing beyond the pictures, beyond anything, uh, just just to be connected, to be seen, to be heard, to be remembered. You know, just that was the biggest thing that I think we all took away from this, and the most important thing for me too. You know, Doctor B, you're a naturally positive person. Mm-hmm. You know, somehow w- what seems to me is that. The experience that people go through, struggle itself, either brings out the best in you naturally or a bigger hurdle of one's sort of propensity for negativity, right? So mm-hmm. we're sitting here and we're talking, and here's a group of performers who all perform, but in one second, a part of maybe not their identity, but sort of their portal to expression is taken away. And these young people found a different way to do that. What is it about people where the experience of a struggle either rises to rises you up or, or sort of buries you underneath? Oh, that's a very good question. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) I think really it depends on the person. For me, I don't identify with the word struggle. Because when I think about the word struggle, I think about something that's very challenging, something that's very hard, that maybe something I wouldn't want to experience. But I feel like there's power in words. So if you say that you have a struggle, then you're going to be struggling. So for me, the first thing is uh, to be mindful of the words that I speak over my life. So I think that's number one. A lot of people don't realize that your words do actually have power. And for me, it goes back to the four agreements that was written by Don Miguel Ruiz Mm -hmm. Uh and how he talks about speaking an impeccable word over your life. So an impeccable word is one that it's positive. You talk about what you want and you don't focus so much on what you don't want. So I think the first step for me is not being involved in a struggle (laughs) in the first place, just taking situations as they come, but not being so quick to label them as negative or positive. Sure. So Jared, as an artist and as a photographer, you create these images. Mm -hmm. And I look at your photography, which I thought was just brilliant, and there are people who look at it and they see these people in the doorway, right? They see your friend, the clown, who the image of your friend, the clown. And some people initially just see the pain. In fact, part of the article was was sort of the expression of the struggle as a pain. Mm. And when I looked at that, I saw the hope in these folks. Mm. And so when, what do you see when you're behind the lens? You know, it's funny because even just in, you know, I, I guess the shortest, you know, session I, I, I had was maybe like two minutes, the longest, maybe a half hour. But even in like the two minutes, there's a bit of an evolution just in, you know, demeanor and just how, you know, the reaction, like you'll show up and, and it's just like, oh, how are you doing? Oh, you know. And then by the time I leave, it's just 
transforms is like this sense of like, oh, I'm I'm actually okay. I'm actually feeling great. And just going back to that idea of just being connected, just feeling like, okay, I still belong. I'm still part of something. Um, I think just helps people realize that it's going to be fine. I'm going to be fine. I'm still me. You're still you. We're still here together in all of this. And I think that's the most important thing. Like one idea I keep circling back to is this, um, alone together. Like we all may be alone, but we're still together mm. in all this. And I think that for me has been one of the most important ideas to hang on to. So just watching how, you know, everybody just initially is just sort of lean, you know, maybe leans toward the negative. And then once you sort of get into it a little bit, it just transforms into something more positive. And that for me, again, has been just incredible to witness, just to physically bear witness to. Somebody's just frowned, turned upside down, as corny as that sounds. Like that's something I legitimately witnessed. And that was huge. I thought that was phenomenal. It's just something kind of heartwarming. So tell, tell us who does that for you. Who turns your frown into, uh, into a smile? Well, obviously my wife yeah. and daughter. <laughs> um, <laughs> well played, just, my You friend. know, my community, my people. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> I got to throw that in there. But I do mean it. <laughs> um, yeah, just my community and, you know, just the people I'm around. It's just a diverse group who just offers so much. And just having the opportunity, and, and, and again, like being afforded the opportunity, the fact that so many people were just able and willing to do this for me is just humongous. And I'm just so appreciative of everybody that participated, everybody that still wants to participate. And one evolution that's occurred out of this, like the first, I don't know, 30, 40 people that I photographed, I was contacting them, be like, can I come to you? And then people started contacting me because like, I, I want to be part of this. I want to be seen. I want to be heard. I want to be just here, present with you. So that was amazing too, just you know, that people were seeking me out to be like, I want you to come see me. Please come say hello. So they realized that you know, we can have this dialogue, this connectedness still. Is there a part two to this for you? Are you going to take your camera back out? I mean, it, it's still in part one phase. I'm still shooting. I'm still out there. I mean, now that I'm back in Philadelphia, I've been um, still just chugging along and visiting and like, I reconnected with an old friend from high school. We haven't seen each other in 18 years. Wow. But he saw my post and he's like, come on out. He lives in West Philly. It's a little bit more accessible right now because there's no traffic. So <laughs> I can get to his house in 15 minutes. But, you know, at the height of Philadelphia traffic, you know, it's probably take me 40 minutes, 50 minutes to get there. Um, so just going and like I was in my car hanging out my sunroof. He was behind a giant plate glass window uh, with his, you know, his his two kids, his wife. I never met them, but when I pulled up, saw his smile with his, you know, his gap in his teeth. It was like, you know, Frankie. I, you know, I haven't seen you in 18 years, but I feel like it was yesterday. And we still had that sense of just, oh, we know each other, and that felt great. That was such a wonderful moment. Like I just felt like I was 18 again, just hanging out with Frankie. You know, and it was it was just a great feeling. So yeah, the project is not ended. It's just evolving. Well, I think it's awesome. Juliet, you're an actress. You're, you've been in front of the camera. You've been on stage in front of people. You know, you, you understand how to express the emotion. Uh, you too are a positive person and see the opportunity within the struggle. When and how do you ask for what you need? Here's a group of people who've come around Jared Grunwald, who's a commercial photographer in Philly. Go check out Huffington Post, everybody. It's a great article. You can also check them out on lefteyedstudio.com. I think I did that for an old guy. Not bad. But Julia, what, where do you go with that? Because out of this, we're seeing 
that Jared could not have created or orchestrated or controlled the outcome of what happened, but he somehow seized the moment to believe that there was a journey to be taken. Relate that to the work that you do as an actress. Well, I think it's extremely important as humans to see yourself reflected in another, right? So when you're acting or if you're taking photos or if you're simply talking around stage, you're playing off each other. People are social creatures and we need that connection to really understand ourselves. And seeing that reflection and then creating that empathy, I think it causes you to be positive because if you're if you're looking at someone as other, right, you don't see yourself reflected in them, it's very easy to go negative, to stereotype, to belittle. But when you see yourself, because we're all humans within that other person, you can't judge them the same way, right? So it's it's that kind of connection that you create. Like you were saying, when they were when you first arrived, they were kind of a negative idea. And then you started taking photos and it, how it elevated itself naturally is something that only happens when that connection is received. You know, what's interesting about that is years ago, I, I, I was sort of on the verge of being the nice Dr. Phil and had opportunity <laughs> for television and, and all of that. But every time I would get in front of an opportunity to be on camera, they kept saying to me, you've got to bring out the pain. You've got to talk about pain. And it really bothered me because if there wasn't pain, I can't talk about pain, right? And what you guys are saying, which is so important to me, is that, you know, we see ourselves through the reflection of, the, of everything going on around us and the people around us. But we have people in positions of power who portray the negative so we reflect off the negative. And that's where your impeccable word and the four agreements and these kinds of things, or the pictures of humanity that Jared is filming every day, is that there's a challenge here. And the challenge here is to live and experience these pictures for who they are to you rather than what they're supposed to be to you, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that becomes a, a, a real important point of this whole episode today. So I got one negative comment on the Huffington Post, which sort of snowballed into a dialogue with my negative commenter. And he was like, these photos mean nothing. I don't see anguish. I don't see pain. What is the reality here? He mentioned like the FSA photos of like depression era, like Dorothea Lang and the migrant workers. I was like, well, that's not the purpose of this project. And those are more objective where they were sent in to just like stand back, document hardship. That's not what I'm doing here. Like I'm injecting myself into this. I'm purposely going in and offering this subjective point of view. That's my, my experience with my friends. And it's not just about showing anguish, about separation. It's about showing connections and how to build that just positivity out of these separations. And that, for me, was like the most important thing. And I'm not, you know, just in the streets showing people starving or out of work. I mean, that's a huge element of this. And it's also very important to document that side of it. But that's not my perspective. That's not my angle. That's not what I want to do. Well, right. That's huge. And that might be what you do tomorrow, but that wasn't what you were intending to do. And by the way, if somebody's in front of you and they're in tears and you capture the tears, of course. you capture the tears. And if right. they're smiling, you capture the smile. Exactly. Like what I said was, I'm not directing. I'm not going in here and telling people, smile, wear this, do that. I'm saying, I'll be there, go to the window. And whatever they present to me is what we get. Uh, the funny thing is the guy who I was arguing with um, was like the most natural real photo was of the clown. It was like, that was the most contrived of the bunch. I told him, put on makeup, go some, you know. Mm -hmm. So I was the only one I actually offered 
a little bit of guidance towards. And he was like, that's the only real photo in the bunch. I was like, Okay. <laughs> well, it's it's funny because he's, you know, he's saying that you're not documenting what's really happening. There's, you can't have struggle and pain and darkness without light. They're both going to balance each other out. You're just finding a, a new reality. It's like, yeah, yeah. that's real. <laughs> well, we could get consult here and say, even if we are documenting a contrived moment, it's an authentically contrived moment, sure. right? <laughs> right. I, well, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, like I said, it's subjective. Like I'm going in there. These are people that I have connections with. These are people that... I have a rapport with, so we are going to go and like, it's not going to be a stranger where I'm just photographing from a distance. Like, you know, there's influence and I'm definitely dictating and determining some outcome more or less. Well, we want to thank you, Jared. Tell us where everybody can find you. Well, I'm Jared Gruenwald, uh, very phonetic spelling, but hard to pronounce, I suppose, for some people. Um, my website is lefteyedstudios.com. You can find me on Instagram at Left Eyed Studios, Facebook at Left Eyed Studios. And yeah, that, that's it. I'm in Philadelphia. Come on, visit. Come visit everybody when you can and probably need to drive there right now. But what I would say to you is go to the Huffington Post and put in Jared's name and read the article and then reach out to Jared. Uh, Dr. B, Julia, we're going to go to break. When we come back after break, we're going to take everything we just learned from Jared Grunwald and we're going to take it to the next level. Jared, thanks a lot. Be well, my friend. Be safe. Kiss your kid and your wife for us. And uh, hopefully we'll have you on again. Thank you. That'd be great. I really appreciate it. It was great chatting with everybody. Thank you. We'll be right back after the break. In a world that's ever-changing and a future ever-uncertain, more than ever, we're looking for ways to better our life, better our day, and redefine what it means to feel well. We at Kavana Health, an Oklahoma-based, GMP and kosher-certified manufacturer of hemp-derived ingredients and finished products, have had a core mission. All of us and each of us must redefine what it means to live well. Whether it's our tinctures, topical, or pet products, Kavana Health remains committed to the highest standards of production and packaging with the highest quality industrial hemp and a state-of-the-art extraction lab. Come shop with us at www.kavanahealth.com or say hello on Facebook and Instagram at kavana.health. We are Kavana Health, redefining wellness. Welcome back, America. Positivity in the struggle. We were talking with Jared Grunwald, who is featured in the Huffington Post. He's a commercial photographer unemployed by the COVID who did a project out walking the streets and filming his friends in their doorways and their windows and capturing the connections of the people around him called looking through the lockdown glass. So check him out on the Huffington Post or at lefteyedstudios.com. Juliet and Dr. B, welcome back uh, to OK America. We're, we're talking about positivity within the struggle. And it, it was really refreshing to listen to Jared uh, tell his story. Oh, absolutely. I agree. What I love about Jared's story is that He's in the present moment. And I feel like that's one of the ways that we find positivity or we cultivate more positivity by being in the present moment. And he was saying how this idea came to him while he was in the bathtub. <laughs> I just thought that was so amazing. 
Exactly. You know, when you look at the Life magazine photos of the 1940s and World War II or the 1960s and the Vietnam War, at the time of taking those photos, they didn't say, hey, let's orchestrate this and really sort of grab this moment. So uh, you with the wounded leg, move over to the left. And, the, you know, it's really the people. What I love about what he did and what he's doing right now is that so many people are unemployed and so many people don't know what to do. And sometimes when you don't know what to do, just do something, right? Just get busy, get busy, get active and bring that energy, not thinking to yourself, well, this is going to make it to the national news or I'm going to make a million dollars or I'm going to, you know, save the world, but I am going to put positive energy in a positive forward moment, regardless of the outcome. That makes sense to me. That's actually how this podcast was with birth, right? I mean, it was us coming together saying, you know, we don't know what's going to happen with this podcast, but we got to do something. Yeah. I mean, I think it's very important when you're in a moment of uncertainty, you know, in general, you have to remind yourself that you're not a fortune teller. So if you sit there and you, and you give yourself a bad outcome in your mind, or you think it's not going to end or all these negative situations. Well, you're not a fortune. You're wrong no matter what, right? You're going to be wrong whether you think it's going to be great or you think it's going to be terrible. You have no clue. So just take what you've got in front of you and run with it and try to put a positive spin on it. I can get negative. I'm like a very positive person for other people. And then I like negative sometimes for myself, but it's, it's never going to be all or nothing. It's like everything is constantly changing. So I find that as a positive thing and really just looking at your life and saying, okay, challenge accepted. How strong can I be? How creative can I be in this moment? And how much energy can I have? I feel like I don't have any energy, but I could, how can I generate energy? And just being creative, I think is, is truly what could come out of all of this. And, and so as a takeaway from each of you, as you look at all of this is like, how do we go from struggle to challenge, to opportunity, to positivity? Dr. B, what are your thoughts on that? Oh, I have a lot of thoughts on this. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, you know, the first step I feel is to, again, get in the present moment. I think once you're in the present moment, then you can take a look around you and see what you have to be grateful for. So one of the things that one can do is create a list, like a gratitude list, naming everything that they're absolutely grateful for. I think that's one way to cultivate positivity, to find positivity. Another thing, just like Jared's doing, he's helping people. He's, he's moved beyond himself and he's helping people just by being present. He's helping people simply by being present. Mm -hmm. And I think that's so powerful right now. Right. Another way that you can cultivate positivity would be, of course, to limit some of the negative influences in your life situation. So some people are kind of stuck on social media and, and maybe social media is not the best place for some people to be. You have to be mindful of where you go, what information you're taking in, because, you know, that can make you feel like crap if you take in too much, you know, crappy information. So I think it's very important to be mindful of what you allow within your eyes and within your ears, especially if you're focusing on cultivating positivity. I love all those points, Dr. B. Those are on fire. <laughs> I've heard some of those before when people are like, oh, limit, you know, limit the amount of news you read or whatnot. You know, don't allow the negativity to enter. And I think that's great. 
as a very curious human and someone who <laughs> strongly believes in having as much information as possible, uh, I can't not, right? Because I think that it is important to me to be able to make a decision. If I don't have information, I get anxious, right? We don't want that either. Mm -hmm. So I like to make a to be list. So not a to do list. I love gratefulness list, but this is something like, you know, how many of those can I make in quarantine? <laughs> and <laughs> so I'll say, okay, today I'm going to be creative. It's not a to do list. I can't fail at this, right? Or today I'm going to be ecstatic. I'm going to be happy. I'm going to be positive. Today I'm going to be resourceful. These are all things that you could be that aren't necessarily something you can check off or a specific thing. It's an emotion of like what I want to feel and how I want to proceed. Mm -hmm. Just me, no matter what's inputted. And if I have a negative news story, all of a sudden I'm like, hey, I said today I was going to be resourceful. So what can I take out of here? Real facts I can use right now. Mm -hmm. So I like to make to-be lists. I like that. I like that. I wrote that down. To-be. That's awesome. And so everybody, as you heard Jared and his story, please check him out again at the Huffington Post article. And we're, we're listening and we're trying to give you some takeaways. And the truth about positivity and the struggle is understanding that the struggle isn't the crisis, that the struggle is energy trapped within not understanding the steps necessarily to create the freedom. And so if you can visualize that, that if you're tied up with rope and you're, you just try so hard to get out and untie the knots, you hurt yourself. And sometimes you just got to relax and take a breath and create a strategy, right? That maybe, just maybe, that the target run you had last year can be experienced to some other way this year. That it doesn't have to be the circumstance we're in. It has to be how we define the intention of the energy we're putting forward. To be present. To be us. To be. Not to just do and not to just wait. What we really want to look at, of course, is that the positivity in struggle, well, why would we try anyway, right? Why would we give up? No matter what we talk about, no matter what we do, no matter what happens, we love to talk about how we survive. But what we really have to understand is that's kind of a given, it's the quality of the moment and the attitude we put forward that will change all of that. And today as we sit here and we are speaking to each other and to you in 2020, we get to make that choice, right? The circumstances aren't changing anytime soon, but our attitude certainly can. I want to thank Jared Grunewald leftidestudios.com out of Philly. His Huffington Post article is awesome, so go check it out. I also want to thank our co-host, Dr. B. Dr. B on social media is at Dr. B Speaks. And Juliet Lamar, the infamous Juliet Lamar on social media, at Juliet.Lamar. And, of course, our sponsor, Kavana Health at KavanaHealth.com. And Studio Sam back in the studio. He's recording all of this, editing all of this. And you can certainly find us on all your podcast platforms. Thank you, everybody. Good night, America. We'll talk to you next time. Peace. <laughs> <laughs>